Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by uh, two of the the most adversarial combatants of the 90 Minute Cynic, um, Louis McCaffrey. I've been looking forward to this. I didn't sleep much last night in anticipation. Was there some sort of Rocky montage going on as you were trying to get to sleep? There is in my head right now. It's weird. Uh, and uh, Christopher Sermani. Sermani, it's a pleasure to see you as always. Thanks for having me. Um, it's um, been a few few weeks since you've been on. It's been a few weeks. The rage is building towards <laughs> someone in the room. <laughs> Um, obviously Samani's been listening to the podcast and biting his fist uh, on a weekly basis um, but yeah terrific um, so myself Louis and Samani are going to go over all things Celtic that we've kind of that's happened over the last week or so um, Louis I'm just going to I'm just I've decided to open every single week by just saying iTunes yes iTunes is a platform <laughs> where you can access the 90 Minutes Inc. podcast and when you're there if I can swallow this quaver. Um, while you're there, listening to the premium content, which is coming to your ears for free. Yes, premium content. Premium. I mean, we're not charging you. If anybody's charging you for this, report them. <laughs> <laughs> Dob them in. If you're getting dodgy copies somewhere. Done the bar is or something. This podcast is free. Um, what would be nice of you is if you just gave us a wee five stars. Just click the five stars. Um, I think this only really relates to Apple devices, but if you're listening on an iPhone, which the vast majority of people these days are, Christopher. Yeah, that's true. Statistically. So man, he's got one. He's, he's holding it up right now like it's some sort of no. trophy. Whether no, you've... No, no. no, no. Oh, no. Sorry, let me interrupt this diatribe from Louis. This is an Android phone. And I wanted to ask Louis where I could... Give five stars to the podcast there. Or have you come to the table with only half the story as usual? You can give five stars on Acast, on any of your podcast apps. Essentially... The only one I've got, you can't. Bitch. So... (laughs) You can um, download iTunes onto a Windows uh, computer. I'm not doing that. A Mac That's not an Android phone, so... Well, there's there's more to the world than phones and Paddy Roberts, right? Um, anyway, is there? Oh, first strike. A wee, uh, a wee five stars would be delicious, and if you can give us a review, fantastic. Whether you've been with us since Bowd was making the shite graphics back in the day, <laughs> or you're just a new, um, did you see what I tweeted the, 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 the other day? No cookie, no party. <laughs> no cookie, no party. Um, he's I, a, he's improved, <coughs> improved exponentially in terms of his t- his talent because Jesus Christ, that was some grim stuff. No well, cookie or Bowd. Both. Both. Well, so is Pookie still at Norwich? Aye? He is, I. Bowed still knows. <laughs> yes, literally in the position he left, he, he was in when he made that um, that poster. Uh, so also we have a competition, um, competition warning, I should say. Um, so what we're doing is in association with uh, Hoyde on Twitter. He has produced some really terrific um, Kieran Tierney badges. He did French Eddie ones before. Um, he's done Kieran Tierney ones. And so he's given us some to give away. We've got three to give away. One of them is one of the special edition gold KT. As if Kieran Tierney couldn't be gold enough. I feel his his nickname should be Golden Boy. There's some variation of Golden Boy. Um, But all we're looking for you to do is um, follow us on Twitter. Um, This... There'll be a tweet that will be pinned to our profile. If you follow us on Twitter, you should be following us anyway. But if you're not following us, give us a follow. Um, and then there'll be three options. There'll be three goals, three Kieran Tierney goals. Um, and basically what we want to do is you want we want you to pick what your favourite, what you think the best goal is. And if that goal um, is the same goal that the panel picks, which we myself, Louis, Sermani and uh, Claire Wilde also will be, um, be helping to pick... Um, if if that if your choice um, is the same as the choices of the panel, you'll be entered into a draw, and the draw I will be revealing who the winners are on Friday at the live Twitter lunches. So follow us at ninety minutes and it get, give Hoidy a, a follow as well at Hoidy H O I D Y and uh, yeah, win yourself a Kieran Tierney badge, which they're, they're absolutely terrific. I'll be honest with you, I love them. Um, so yeah, so what we'll uh, we'll have a look at that afterwards, lads, and um, we don't even need to really do we. What what goal are you choosing? I mean, there isn't. Well, I'll just say it just now. It's not the Kamarnock. Are you choosing the Kamarnock one? Of course I am. Eh? Aye. Aye. 
Oh, is it up for debate? It's, it's got to be the commandment one. I mean, I know you talk crap, but you must Stop agree with me Stop giving away this. the answer before the competition's even started. I'm going to make a fake account and enter. Aye, well, and when I send it to your address, that'll be... Um, I'll, I'll get a P.O. box. P.O. box. Okay, so, just in general, uh, Celtic seem to be fucking back. What crisis? Crisis, what crisis? The China crisis? It's a band, isn't it? Uh, Sarmani, we've not heard from you in a couple of weeks Talk us through how you've been feeling over the last couple of weeks um, Anything from the podcast that this dickhead said that <laughs> has, <laughs> has annoyed you? Not annoyed me, I can't really expect it You know, um, this, the, the new setup in here is terrific you know, But it's not completely professional, this podcast Because Louis still can't help himself But we'll come to that later but uh, how do I feel about Celtic? Well, one of the points has to be we need to have a memory longer than a few weeks. Now, the the headlines from Roger's reign is anytime we are asked to step up domestically, we do. And we continue to do that. Sunday's result was fantastic. Um, after the first half, which was, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't particularly good, there was some particularly poor performances in the midfield in the first half. Um Obviously, with the momentum changed in the second half, and, and and we ran out comfortable winners. However, the Leipzig game, well, I mean, the Leipzig game was just deja vu. It was just repeat and rinse. It was Celtic in Europe. It was concede a goal, concede another one in quick succession, and after that, it was basically damage limitation. So, are we back? I think domestically we're starting to find our feet, but... Some of the arguments previously were that the Champions League wasn't our level and the Europa League was. I think that's evident that Europe isn't our level at the moment. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you on, on, on all those points. You know, I thought it was a bit, you know, we, we kind of talked about the, the Leipzig game in the, the last pod, um, but I still thought it was grim. Just I mean, really grim viewing. This, the, the thing about it is... You can see the first 30 minutes weren't too bad. We didn't go out and impose ourselves or anything like that, but we looked okay in the first 30 minutes. Then the goal changed it. You could see the mentality. You could see the fear like you know, seeping through the team, which says to me that it's a real mentality issue, and it has been for several years, because the players are probably better than they, they show in European, and you can see how dominant they can be... Um, uh, in the domestic league, even going back to the Anderlecht performance uh, last year, we, we didn't start very good when we beat them three 0 away. However, you seen the confidence build as they realised, you know, we can start to show our stuff. I, I really do think there's a real mental problem with the squad in, in Europe, especially away from home, and we kind of just put that to one side because we're happy to be beating Gerard's Rangers, which I'm sure we'll come to. More. Well, we are happy to do it. But we also need to keep an eye on the European uh, scene. Yeah, I've, I've I've got a comment. So let me just make a point. I've got a co- actually no. We'll bring you in, Louis, because you seem to have something. No, I was it. just going to say. Like, I, I agree that there is. A, I think there is a mental aspect to it. It's just where does that come from? Because the players have changed. You know, how long have we had this mental issue in in um, in Europe? And how come it filters through through groups of players and it's handed down through groups of players? Because even those players that played in the Leipzig game, it was a, a largely different team, players who haven't played in European competition for Celtic. So how are they still being affected by it? Is it something that's been there since before, you know, before um, Rodgers? Well, I think you would have to say, yes, it is. So I, I think how it, is it handed down? It's been there, I mean, since we've... Been back in Europe, if you will. When you think pre-Martin O'Neill, we just used to get pumped in the U, the UEFA Cup, Cup in first the first round, round or yeah. second round, right? So if you're talking post O'Neill, post two thousand, I suppose we've been back in terms of playing regularly in Europe. Even with O'Neill, apart from the Seville season, because we did have some significant away results in the UEFA Cup, it's something that's continually followed us and troubled us going forward. It's something that. Managers should be brought in and under the remit of trying to sort that. And it's something that they can't... They all have a bit of success, I would say. I mean, 
Lennon won away in Spartak, was it Lennon? Yeah. Against ten men, yes. Against ten men. There we go. Um goal in the last minute, of course. Rogers got the three 0 um away to Anderlecht. There was a couple of good away performances as well in, in terms of the qualifiers. Off the top of my head, I don't know, striking. Did it, did it. Oh you get the No. We won all our home games with striking. That was the big... Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's the way games that have kind of really shown us up. But what I'm saying is, they all maybe have the odd moment, but the general theme is, away in Europe, we bottle it. And, and it, it, I wouldn't even say it's concerning anymore. It's just it's just what you expect. You, don't, you, you never sit when Celtic are playing away in Europe and go, I think we're going to do it here. Or do you? Or do but, uh, but no, no, I, I agree with you, but it's... I think it's a it's a difficult problem to solve because you know you get a manager in say like whoever you go to next even if you go a level above Rogers and you bring in someone of that caliber yeah. he's going to want money but does money fix a mentality issue is it just a case of buying better players does that change a mentality of a club when it comes to European endeavours I mean I, I, I mean, don't know we can, we can come back and we can talk about how essentially. Rogers, if you look at the first team squad and you look at Dyla's kind of first team squad, there are still a lot of the same names there. Mm. So, I mean, Rogers essentially hasn't had the opportunity to turn the squad around in a way he would like. So, I do have sympathy with trying to break up, break a, break a mentality in in terms of you know us getting you know gubbed and inter and you know gubbed and fucking Malmo and Malda and all these places. But then I think mentality is something that Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rogers actually kind of champions our mentality quite a lot. He, he talks, t- he talks positive, he, he, positively about mentality. He talks, he talks about character. He talks about characteristics of you know what we need to do, etc. But anyway, let's let's focus um, on, a, on, a, on a positive let's note. Let's focus on domestic football because we're quite good at that. Well, I mean, do you think that we, we started this season with a massive amount of expectation level? Just, you know, we first wanted to get to the, um, uh, you know, Champions League group stage. That was the kind of number one priority. And then when you got there, you thought to yourself, well, if we could maybe... You know, finish third, drop into the last sixty, um, last thirty-two Europa League. Who knows? Um, straight off the bat, or that was crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a Europa League group that you think to yourself, and this is this is all relative to to the weekend. Europa League group where you think to yourself, you know, could have been worse, could have been worse, could have been better, but it could have been worse. Uh, and then two games into that, you've given up on Europe and you're focusing back on domestic. I mean, the next three games. I mean. <sighs> Both Salzburg and Leipzig at home, right? You're not ruling out getting a result against them there. If you were going to win an away game in this group, it would be against Rosenberg. Do you have any confidence that we'll actually beat Rosenberg, though? No, because we're away from home. But we have already drawn with them, you know, in in the qualifier. We drew nothing each with them away in in Rosenberg, so we've got a point. Are we out of Europe yet? No. Um, Are we, though? Well, I'm trying to be positive. (laughs) But what, what, what I'm saying here is, right, Expectations let expectation you're, changes. Yeah, but but see between Thursday and Sunday, right? And and that's the thing you need. There needs to be a kind of balance between the two. After Thursday, when they got the, the result of nothing each against Spartak, um, unbeaten in Europe, we get beat again. Uh, then it comes to Sunday, and we're fantastic in the second half, carrying on from the Hibs game, playing like we haven't done domestically for a while. Aberdeen beat them, and all of a sudden the world's rosy. Well. Okay, Sunday evening was great, but we need to put the full picture together, and we're missing parts still. I would say, and that's that's the issue. If Rangers weren't in the position they're in, do you think there would be a lot more pressure on Rodgers? Anyone? If if Rangers were second, or Rangers were in the same points as us and had made it to the cup final, do you think there'd be more pressure on Rodgers? Just out of curiosity. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I don't think so because I think this is still Celtic's league to lose, and I think most people would see it as that way. Yeah. Um, whether you're a Celtic fan or, or or not, I mean, we have the best squad. We've done two back to back trebles, you know. I think the form, the thought, the form is always going to pick up. I had to, and and thankfully it has, and we've, we're on a good run domestically, um, and we're playing, you know. Our last two performances have probably been our best two performances domestically. Um, if you take out uh, the Rangers game, and we're playing that was against Hibs and against Hearts, and two of the 
most informed teams in the league so far who have played some of the best stuff. Hearts obviously at the top of the league and, and Hibs um, playing great football and up in the mix as well. So I think we've got to be, you know, we really do have to see the positives of it. Yeah, but I think what Chris is saying, and I agree with him about this idea that, you know, we go up, come back from Germany um, and everyone had accepted that we were going to get beat almost before a ball was kicked. Um, but the thing is, so had so had Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers didn't play his strongest eleven in that game. Not even of the players that were available to him. I, I mean, we never. Even the management never went into that game. Expecting like going, you know, doing everything in their power to win that game. So, so I, I don't. I don't think, as you're saying, we shouldn't get too high when we 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 do this domestically. I don't think we should get too low either when when we have setbacks as we did playing against a team in Leipzig you know away that I think the the levels of the two teams you would have to argue that we shouldn't be beating them away that they are a better a far better team than us it's, yes okay it's, it's how we lose goals yes, and I uh, get that yeah. I totally get that it's not about but, it's, we don't have an expectation and we don't we don't go into these games expecting to win and I don't I don't expect Celtic to win but if Celtic had had a really brave performance against Leipzig where we'd actually done well, been a bit more, um, have, having a bit more character, shall we say, as opposed to completely flop after that first goal goes but in. Do, but when want- that first goal goes in, we, we we shut up, we're done, we're done. As soon as the second goal, second goal goes in, I know someone put a stat out on Twitter about how essentially over the last you know 20 games... Whatever it is, whenever Celtic concede a goal, they concede another one within yeah. four to five but, minutes. But, 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 That's, but then at the same time, I mean, you're saying you want to have a goal, you want to give it, you know, the same people who say we want to go give it a goal are the same people that say, but we want Rogers to be more pragmatic. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying give it a goal. What I'm saying is, I just want us to compete. You want them to work for their goals. Yeah. See, when they, see, see when they give them, see when the goals are handed to them like that, and again. In quick succession, because you see us conceding, and you see the panic button's been pressed, and everybody's all at sea. Fucking yeah, all at sea. A- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so it's that. It's not that. Should should we, when you compare resources against, should we beat Leipzig if you're just going to compare resources? Of course we shouldn't. Should a team of our caliber concede goals like we did against them? No, we shouldn't. And and, and that's the problem. And yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That. What you're saying is exactly what I was saying. There has to be a balance of the two of them. We can't just pretend Europe doesn't exist. Celtic, a club of Celtic's calibre has to be in Europe. Do you know what I like about this hands-free? I'm a lot more... Just think you like you know. Um, the Italians coming out. That's it, that's it. Um, we, need to, we, need to, we need to be looking at least to be competitive in Europe. We can't just... We don't just, we, we don't just want to turn up and, and get beat. There's no point in that. That's that's not what we're about. But see, see the thing is, so like, what, like we lost. What was it? Two 0 to Leipzig, right? I've seen far better four 0s I've seen us get an absolutely down four 0 and still play better. Mm. It's not even necessarily about the result. It's about Celtic putting in a performance. But, um, but do, do you know the other thing as well? Though that that group is a, a fucking painful group. I mean, we got a shitter of a group. There are far worse groups out there. And the, uh, this year. Yeah, Arsenal, Sport, and Lisbon. Um, uh, that, okay, that is, that would be one exception. Yes, I think there's a couple more, um, but it doesn't matter anyway. So, Samani, talk me through um, Sunday. We absolutely dominated in the second half. Hearts <laughs> uh, at uh, Murrayfield and in, in their own patch. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about having to come through to Glasgow, but well, we went through to Edinburgh and we shat on them. Yeah, we did do. Talk me through your thoughts. I thought um, it was another statement game, if you will. Um, they'd obviously beat us earlier in the season. They stopped the Invincibles last season. There was something something of the bogey team about Hearts for us, if you will. Um, they're top of the league. They've been going well, even if it's in Levine's own unique style. Um, so, when the draw was made, obviously... The four teams that were in the semi-final, all of them would have been a tough game, but Hearts certainly looked like um, a, a real, a real difficult one for us. Then, once the SFA finally realised what an arse of things they'd made with that double-handing thing, and it moved to Murrayfield, you said 
advantages swung their way, way a wee bit more as well. First half, as we've said, pretty pedestrian. I don't think we were very good. I don't think we were terrible. Um, it was quite disjointed. Um, Hearts were giving out some of the rough stuff, as they normally do, um, which we, we found it a bit difficult to cope. The midfield looked a bit light. Obviously, Brown's been out. We had Kuasi come in, who I don't think was terrible, but similar to um, when he came on, uh, when he played, he played Lance Leipzig, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, similar when he played there, he never, he looked neat and tidy at times, but he never showed anything that would make you think, I want. I think you need, you deserve a start just now. Of course, I do, would concede he, he would need a run of games for that sort of form, but he never did that. McGregor, I thought was very poor in the first half. Um, Rogic, also invisible <coughs> in the first half. Um, <laughs> invisible? Are you taking that? <laughs> He's just waiting. He's just waiting. I'll wait my turn. Um, Paddy Roberts didn't even show up in the first, no, first or the second half. Didn't he? Doesn't show up from Nave did that boy. So I mean, we, 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 you know, we had the heroes of the Hibs game, you know, against a team who played it exactly into your hands. Lennon's Hibs coming out. Um, so it was nice that they'd done okay in those games. But in the first half, they weren't particularly effective. McGregor uh, improved in the second half, became his, his um, steady self. Roderick, well, it wasn't one of his best games, but you could see that we gradually, you know, we started to take control of things. In a man in a moment, Ryan Christie, a guy who probably most of us have said doesn't have a future at Celtic. Um, looked lively. Um, I thought I thought he looked determined. Um, he wanted to make an impression, yeah. Yeah, you know, you see guys coming on and um, much of a muchness. He, he genuinely looked like he wanted to do something yeah. and uh, maybe he realises this is his last throw of the dice well uh, we all know he's got talent right but the thing about Christie is he always seemed to do things okay but nothing especially well whereas I think on Sunday you know he won the penalty uh, he, you know he was shown for the ball his strike for the goal was for, I think he actually got awarded the second didn't he the one that, I think it was over the line the, the well, Christie? Uh, I don't think he did. No, you never got it. No, All right, okay. given him. Either way, Forrest, I mean, Forrest. Forrest. Either way, I mean, his strike for the goal was excellent. Um, his all-round play looked to have changed the game. Um, and you, he got, was direct. Yeah, that he was direct. He looked. See, you were saying about him looking to make an impression. He's done that in the past, and it's actually looked as if it's hindered them. Whereas in Sunday, it looked as if it was ready. Yeah, it, exactly. You summed up. <clears throat> He looked ready to play for Celtic. And that's the first time I would ever say that I've seen him ready to play for the Celtic club team. Um, your thoughts, my man? The Stuart Armstrong replacement has uh, shown up. He's rode into town. <laughs> <laughs> you come away with some shite, so you do. <laughs> no, I think he's, I think he's the... <clears throat> I don't. I see him actually as a... I don't see him as a running beyond the strikers. I see him as kind of sitting in that sort of um, half space. But essentially, where Tam is. <sighs> well, Tam's there, so he can piss off. I like think Tam's there uh, once, every, once every four games. Yeah, I mean, shall we say? Sparrow Longs wouldn't be able to do it for us in a high intensity game. I think Christie looks as if he's got that. Uh. <laughs> the game, um, I thought first half, um, I thought the Celtic midfield, I thought, struggled to really influence the game too much because of the. The tactics of the Hearts. I mean, Hearts didn't set up to play their own game. They set up to nullify us and and to just choke us out. And uh, their whole shape in midfield, their whole shape of their team, really, was to just stop us from playing anywhere through the middle because that's what we'd done so effectively against Hibs. Um, they just wanted us to push the ball out wide, and then they they obviously thought we can deal with the crosses coming into the box. Um, and I just thought it made for a really kind of boring, lacklustre first half because we we just didn't have the space. We couldn't get our key men on the ball. Any time Tam or uh, Forrest got on the ball, they had two men on them right away with very little space, basically screening goal side. So they didn't really have much space to turn and operate in. Um, Hearts' whole, whole strategy seems to be score a goal and then, as you say, choke the rest of the game out. Just yeah. score a goal, be quite physical. Um, and once they get that goal ahead, I can imagine it is a completely different game. However, if 
their opponents, if, you know, when we get that first goal, it was game over. I just did yeah. not see them coming back from that game at all. No. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the second half, um, the second half, it definitely opened up a bit more and, and we got a, a lot more joy and it was a, a great performance. I mean, you're saying about Cal McGregor. Cal McGregor played what, I think he ended up playing like three different positions in that game. Um, and, you know, he, he probably excelled in the one position that, is probably the one that you probably wouldn't want him in. That sitting role, playing in Scott Brown's position, when that's not his natural game, but that's probably where he looked his best uh, when when everything was changed. And I just think McGregor... McGregor's wasted wide. He's wasted wide. Absolutely, he's wasted wide, but he's, he's so... He's got so many dimensions to his game. He's so versatile that he can go into these. Okay, he's he's not. He, he's versatile he might, in the middle. I think. I don't think. And in, in, in yeah. wide, he doesn't. But but have any the, the, the fact that he, he is so versatile in the middle of the pitch allows you to if by putting him in there, you can bring on Sinclair and push him out wide, and you're you're not really disrupting things too much. And I think he's so key to everything because of. Because of that, he can do a job in a number of places, and you can rejig things without having to majorly change the the philosophy of the team. Sinclair came on. I thought Sinclair, when the goal went in, once he scored the penalty, and by the way, I was I was thinking when I was watching him take the ball for the penalty, I thought, fuck, why is he taking it? Aye. Why on earth is he taking it? But fair play to him for having the guts to go up there and take that penalty, and. He looked like a different player when that ball went in, and it. And the rest of that game, I thought, I thought you could legitimately say there was glimpses of the old Scott Sinclair. Do you think that will be the same on Wednesday though, against Dundee? <laughs> well, that's it. Pro- probably not. Probably not. And that's the thing that he needs to to add. But I thought that I thought it was, it, it was quite kind of interesting. I think Brendan Rodgers almost stumbled across. A winning, a, a quite interesting uh, kind of lineup, like because of the changes that were enforced when Cham and, and um, Abui going off, he put, he put McGregor into that deep wide position, and, and and then he had the two in front with uh, Tam and and Christie, and then still had Forrest and, and Sinclair out wide, but so many attacking players not not really anyone who's naturally defensive-minded, and yet we looked free-flowing and full of ideas, full of energy. And I don't think he would ever have had that combination for any other reason. He would never have started that. I don't think he would have taken a player off to necessarily do that. And yet... Does Celtic need to play with two defensive defensive midfielders or two sitting midfielders? I mean, I, I don't think we do. Well, on the basis of that second half, you'd say no. But I think it's been that that that's been the same for a while. I mean, obviously, you know, going back to O'Neill, O'Neill had kind of had you know Lennon Lambert and uh, and Petrov being the kind of kind of the, the, the pivot going forward. I I just I, when I look at Scottish football, when I look at how dominant we are, and I look at our possession, and I look at you know the biggest problem we have is that we find it sometimes tough to unlock defenses. Just put a bit more creativity into the team. That that's yeah. what I think the answer is. Um, uh, do uh, we need to, to um, Scott? Do, do we need Scott Brown? Do we need a Scott Brown type? And and I think that's going to be interesting to see because do we Firstly, put Bow, in a Bowd's not here to defend him, so that's unfair. <laughs> but do, do, I mean, could a Callum McGregor type who is better technically on the ball has a a, a better eye for a pass, pass uses the ball better? Is that a better fit in there? I mean, you look, the obvious one would be like Busquets. Busquets plays that deep white, but he is not Scott Brown. He's not an enforcer. He can still break play up. He'll he's still a, win the ball back. He's a snidey prick as well. Aye, but come on. First touch in El Clasico was a bit alright though. I mean, did you see that? We have we have a, a player of a similar ilk. Near Beton. Hello there, how are you? Now you're talking my language. No, Happy birthday. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. Well... There's been there is a school of thought who who think that we're a better team without Brown in it. Um, I certainly subscribed to that pre Rogers, but I don't think it's particularly fair on Brown. I, I would suspect he's been carrying an injury 
because of the amount of football he's played in the ages. Because quite clearly, he is injured. well, he is injured now. Uh, but quite clearly, he hasn't his form hasn't been as good as it had been um, in, in the previous seasons. So we probably, I, I would suspect, we haven't seen the best Scott Brown this season due, due to fitness reasons. But if you think of some of the performances he's put in in that position, if you can get him playing at that level, there's nobody at the club better than him. There's doing that that sitting role, and there's nobody beat on. Maybe in Europe, actually, maybe. But when you think it's like Hapo Bersheva at home, right? Bersheva probably equivalent standard-wise in our Europa League. Maybe they're a bit a bit lower than the Red Bull teams, but that performance was for me the best. You know, the best performance I've seen him in a Celtic shirt. And I know it was. It was a couple of seasons back. But the way he controlled the midfield, see if you get him being able to do that. McGregor can't do it as good as him. Beaton can't do no. it as good as him. No. But it's it's age and it's fitness about Brown. I mean, if you can't get him to do that now, then it might be time to phase him out. There, there is obviously diff- different games call for different things. Yeah. And and that's probably, the, that's probably a position in the pitch which... It is more akin to that than any other because sometimes you do need someone like Scott Brown who's going to sit there, break things up, and really enforce himself and enforce the game. And then other games where you're going to be a bit more free flowing and, and going for it, maybe you want someone who has the ability to maybe create as well as do that job. I, I think we said at the start of the season, at the end of last season, the start of this season, that you know. The Brown Scott Brown as a whole is going to become a bit of a problem because he's either going to slow down, um, he's either going to get to a position where you know he's not going to be able to play as many games, which is clear, which is obvious. Um, we still have that problem. My question to you both is: Do you answer that problem in January, or do I mean Malumbu seems to be? I mean he's injured. As I'm led to believe he's injured. Is he? That's what I'm led to believe. I I think that was said at the weekend that he was injured. Um, so he's injured. He looked like he would could be quite a good replacement for for. Is Brown. he not the same age? No, he's thirty one. Brown's thirty four. Just turned thirty four. Um, no, I think he's only thirty three. Brown. Thirty three. Okay, thirty three, thirty four. Um, Malumbu's thirty one, but Malumbu looks like he could maybe have three more years at the at the, the kind of top level. However. I essentially would like to have a younger replacement for Brown. At, you know, do, my point is: do we do we look at the Brown situation and think, right, this is something that we need to tackle in January, or do we just hold off just now? I think you hold off just now, and you know, Abui has played <laughs> the last two. I don't. I don't. No, no, but but see, unless a guy's going to get a run of games, which right now. <laughs> was probably his opportunity to get it. I mean, if he gets over this injury, you would imagine he'd probably start in Brown's place. You're never going to know unless he plays. But this is all down to the fact that... Chris said it there, so Manny said that um, when we started. Christy came on and he grabbed the game by the scuff of the neck. And he looked like, I need to do this now. I need to take this opportunity. A buoy... A buoy would have done the same, but somebody had him bit of fucking buzz. Right, we'll, get, a chance. We'll, we'll get to that. But <laughs> even in the Leipzig game, um, I thought he looked. I thought he looked decent for you, know, maybe ten or fifteen minutes. But then he just. I I just don't think he's grabbing this opportunity the way he had. He's he's had two games. Obviously, he was unlucky at the weekend, and that wee turn was great. It had me gasping, but it was a great wee turn and stuff. Um, and obviously, what happened? It happened, but. Nothing about, as Chris says, nothing about Ibui's performances have made me think this guy could potentially become a first-team player. Fair enough, but I think you have to remember that Ibui is coming in to fill Scott Brown's shoes, Mm -hmm. whereas Christie isn't. I'm just talking about a midfielder. I'm just talking about a midfielder. If anybody was going to have, you know, a hard time... (laughs) <laughs> really imposing themselves and showing their best quality it's going to be anybody filling in that position oh no no listen hey see Kwa- Abui Kwasi um, I, I think he's been I just don't har- like harshly treated yeah I har- just don't I don't like tossing players away I mean if Brendan Rodgers is literally coming out with you know 
and previously coming out with this is Scott the Scott Brown replacement. I mean, he literally said those words. Surely we got. Surely we get to see him at some point. Like surely he gets a chance, and we don't just toss him out the door. Do we toss him, Chris? He's. He does need a run of games, right? But the problem is, to get a run of games, you need to at least show continued improvement if you're going to get those run of, that run of games. He's just very meh. Uh, he, I, I mean, the last two games, the time he's been How on the How many meh games has Christie had? Not no, that many. Christie's, every time Christie's came on, he's, he's looked lively. But there's a marked improvement from... And by the way, okay, I'll bring in another point. Does the fact that everyone's talking about Christie being a uh, breaking his way into the Celtic team and becoming a first teamer does that is that a the signs of massive improvements on Christie or b a massive drop in our standards of what we should be expecting from a Celtic player, Chris? I don't know to be perfectly honest. Um, judged against Scottish football, we're still head and shoulders above. Christie played at a level with Aberdeen for was it a couple of seasons he was there. Aye. Um, so we knew he was able to do it and be a successful player in uh, in the SPFL. Um, again, caveat, there's only one game where he's done this. You know, I mean, let's not anoint him the, the new... Um, Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong. Um, but the signs were there. That that was a performance that made you think, yes, yes, you've, you've definitely got something here. So I wouldn't particularly say it's a drop in the quality because we've already known that Christie had certainly domestic level quality. So I, I think that would be unfair to say that. Um, quietly confident that he can go on and be a player just now, which I didn't think, but you know, we'll hold our horses on it and see, see where he goes. But it was great to see, especially when you see young Scottish players like that driving forward, you know, looking for the ball. F- fantastic strike. You can't help being excited. You've got, I mean, you're effectively getting a new player. See, I mean, I, mean I, I don't think anyone would ever doubt Christie's technique. He's, he's got excellent technique. He always has had excellent technique. The problem, I think, with Christie is I just don't know what his best position is. If he's going to get a run of games, what is his best position? Is it in that half space? Is it, is it basically Tam's position? Is it <coughs> a little bit further back? Is it out wide? I don't think he's a wide player, so no. I, would, I would patch that. I, I think... and I think he's he reminds me eight. I think he's a number eight. Oh, I, don't, I, don't Rogers, Rogers, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's a bit like McGregor in that sense. Now, McG- yeah. that's what I like about Possibly. McGregor. I mean, oh, do tell us. <laughs> I've said this before in the podcast. Do I think Callum McGregor could be a first, a first regular first choice midfielder for Celtic? No, I don't think he could be one of the main men. Would I have him in the squad all the time? Yep, absolutely, because he can play in so many positions and he can do it to a high level. <clears throat> Would you take him in that Ca- team now, Callum McGregor? dictating the play for the Celtic team regularly I don't think he's good enough but he's the sort of guy that can play he can play wide if you need he can he can sit deep in Brown's position if you need he can play behind the front too he can you know it's the versatility that I like about Callum McGregor although ideally you would always have a better player in each of the positions that he can fill in on but that's also the same with Christie I think I think that's doing. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, that I think that's a, doing him a disservice. I think he, he brings a hell of a lot to that team. And you take Calum McGregor out. Somebody like, somebody like Delivio. Okay, it's different levels, right? But he was never the guy that drove Juventus or anything like that. But he just facilitated other better players and made the move that the, the team flow better. Yeah, but. Oh, there's, I mean, think, there's a lot of players that make a career out of that, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, but I'd, that's not me. I he's, mean, st- he's still going to play 25 to 30 games a season yeah, because thought, Celtic are playing 60 to 65. I thought McGregor and you thought McGregor after he first came through when it was weird because he played a lot further forward and, and scored a, a few winger, goals. He was just an absolute out-and-out winner. He was almost playing up front at one point. After he first broke through, I thought, nah, he's not really got a future with us. Um, but since then, you've seen that you know he's got qualities that means that he means they can play. But I don't think he ever does anything exceptionally well. But Cal McGregor should spend the rest of his career. I'd love him to spend the rest of his career at Celtic because he can do so many things well. However, you would always think we would want somebody better than him as a first team pick in those positions. That, that, that's my that's my feelings in Cal McGregor. You said I didn't think he was good enough for the first team. I don't think he's good enough to be a first choice, but he's the 
utility man, basically. But you're also talking about but an ideal world moving forward. I'm talking about an ideal world. Yeah. Moving forward in you Europe. Wouldn't be, you wouldn't have him on the bench every week, you know, would you? Right now, no, because of the injuries we have. But again, that... But talk- if everybody was fit, would I start Callum McGregor? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I would... He would probably come on for time after 30 minutes, as we've said numerously. <laughs> but no, if you've got a fully fit squad and you've got Cham, Brown, um, uh, Rogic in that three, that, that three spit, they're, they're playing every week. Yeah, but McGregor would be... Forrest's the, playing McGregor every week. So essentially, side, essentially that left-hand side, but you, what we've mentioned already two or three times that he's not effective in that role out wide left if you had Sinclair a season one you would play him there so Aye. but that's what I'm saying you know if you had every single play, now for me with Sinclair no matter how good he looked when he came on and stuff like that you kind of keep teasing his wee flashes every now and again you need to step up to the plate <laughs> that's what <Forrest> does <laughs> nightclubs of course aye, aye, aye. wee back. Um, you either need to do it all the time otherwise you're just wasting everybody's time do you know what I mean but if you, I mean, he did show flashes of it. I mean, see that? It was classic Scott Sinclair when he cut in. Ah, and he had the shot. He had the shot across the keeper and the yeah. keeper got away. You know, see, see if he was doing what he used to do so well regularly. He wouldn't play Callum McGregor there. That's the, that's the point about him. He's he's great because, he, you know, he's so dependable. But When you've got an injury crisis, he can fill in, in all, all these positions. But I, I even said this a few uh, earlier on in the season as well. See, at peak form, right? Would you say Stuart Armstrong or Callum McGregor was a better player? And I know they were different, but in a midfield, and I'm talking at their peak. Oh, you've got them. You've got them. You have got them. I would, I would say Stuart Armstrong. And I don't even think... I think, I don't think that's disrespectful to Callum McGregor. I just think Stuart Armstrong at his peak looked a better player. Than brought everything. Brought something. He certainly but brought, McGregor's brought. more consistent. Yeah. Mm. Fully agree. Um, I think, you know... McGregor, I think, is a, a, a great player. I've, I've, we've been on the same, we've had the same line since back in the day about he's he's a really great player, but when everyone's fit and, you know, we talk about how we want to improve the quality of the squad and we want to really go up a level. <coughs> to go up a level, Callum McGregor doesn't start. If we truly want to go up to... A, but that, to go up a level, there's a few players... Not, well, yeah, yeah, no, of course, but, that, but, that, but, but we're talking that, about an ideal world. We're talking yeah. about a full... And again, this is no way disrespectful Callum McGregor because I think he's a technically excellent footballer and I like him a whole bunch. But there, There's a reason why he's in the team as well is because he's more consistent than guys who on form are better than him. And Cham Cham should be the boss of that team. Right. Right. But his, his consistency is shocking that's the problem yeah. so you, some, see if you're picking games you're picking bigger games you might actually go well I put McGregor or Encham in now on ability wise it's Encham all day right but you know you're going to get a performance yeah, a steady performance when, out of when McGregor say, over we, him. when we were going through a really patchy period when you know it's St Mirren away and you know uh, Hearts and Kelly and stuff uh, McGregor was just as anonymous as everyone else yeah and, and Callum McGregor is part of <coughs> a fully functioning, well-adjusted Celtic team. Is yeah, he's a great asset, but it's not like he was the only one showing in those situations. And I think that's something we need to think about. Was it a penalty? Yeah. Is there any question it was a penalty? There's no such thing as a hard or soft penalty. If you're fouled in the box, it's a penalty. <laughs> and he fouled him in the box. You agree with that, Louis? Yep, 100% penalty. I've probably said in this podcast about penalties being soft or whatever. Stonewall or soft, but I'm taking that position this week. Yeah, lovely. Um, and as you said, the penalty itself was terrific. Um, can we talk about McLean and what he did? Um, he's been. He's I getting, think Louis choking to talk about that. He's uh, been put in front of a. He's been called up by the SFA. They're looking at maybe a two match ban. Um, I. Fucking fucking weird. Aye, you can't grab somebody's dick like that. That's not right. <laughs> like, see if you did that in the street. I'm pretty sure society would say that's not allowed. So Aye. it can't be all right to do it on a football pitch. Um, I think it's. I think it's just a just thoroughly bizarre. Unless he asked him to cough, that's maybe different. But he doesn't. He's not a doctor. Ah, oh, that's also important. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, that's wrong. Um. I mean, 
A boo, poor a boo, man. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck's going on? But I mean, you've got that famous picture of Gazan, Gazan, Benny uh, Jones. Benny Jones. I don't know if it's been a long-standing trait in football, but it's a bit bizarre. I mean, um, I think it, Steve, Steve McLean mentioned that he he does it semi-regularly. Yeah, like yeah. it's okay. Like it's okay. Yeah, I I, I, I randomly punch um, orphans, so. <laughs> That's fine. Because I do something a lot means it's fine, means it's normalised. Um, I just thought it was really fucking weird. Really weird. And uh, he should get done for it. He should, but I mean, potentially he should have been off. Because that is a booking. Yeah, and he'd already been booked. And he'd already been booked. Um, it was just bizarre. I mean, I don't know what would compel him to do that. but um, He says he was trying to put him, put a buoy off, but... Just... <laughs> that's one way, is it? Make a face at him or something. I, um, I thought the... Um, on Sports Sound, BBC Sports Sound, they were talking about it like, ah, oh, that just happens in a football pitch. Bit of banter, James McFadden laughing about it, and I just thought, fucking hell, fuck being a professional footballer if it's banter when a guy uh, grabs your dick. I mean, I, I, I mean, nipping someone in the back of the leg or back of the arm or something, I get that. Like, that yeah, pulling hairs out and all that, yeah. Aye, Dennis Wise. Jesus Christ. Like, That's why you didn't make it. Aye. You weren't prepared to go that extra mile on the pitch then? Um, Just in terms of the actual final itself uh, Did you watch the Aberdeen Rangers game? Aye, come on, let's talk about that Co- 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 um, Aberdeen are just two turgid teams C- Can we talk about the, the guy up front for Rangers first? What's his name? Sadiq Umar Yeah, he looked as if he'd won a competition to play <laughs> for Rangers that day And I mean... I'd see, I'd read Gerard. I mean, I know they got. He's on loan from Roma. Yeah, it was just that's what I was about to say. They, they got him on loan from Roma. I, I never really knew much about the guy, um, but I'd seen some of the press stuff where Gerard says he needs to do everything better before he'll get a game. Yeah. Now, obviously, with the injuries they've got, you know, Morelos or whatever suspension, suspension. Is that? Uh, sorry, they were forced into this position with him. But I, I mean, I'd watched a bit of it, and I think McCoist was co-commentating, and they brought the ball down in his chest. And McCoy was like, oh, he looks a real handful, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. And then it just got worse from there on in. He just, I think they've just seen his name in a database, like, available for loan, plays for Roma. Aye, let's have him. Look, we, we've all been there, uh, oh, no, football manager. Aye, <laughs> you can delete the, the, the game after <laughs> if, it, if it's not worked out. I mean, but his dive was just, was just remarkable. Um... But as you say, Chris, two turgid <coughs> teams, like, Jesus, there's nothing to fear for either of them, really. Um, um, I mean... Great goal, great goal. Yeah. Great header. Um, who would you have preferred? Would you have preferred Rangers in the final? Or no, I wanted deep? to avoid them at all costs. I don't want them in a final or nothing. You've got the, it's, it's a toss-up, isn't it? You, you play them and you beat them, it's sweeter. If you lose to them, it's worse. Because um, we are going to lose to them at some point. Oh, it will happen when it, 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 the law averages and probabilities and all that. Christian will probably know something about that, but they will beat us one time. XG results. It might the XG results. It might be at Ibrox this season. Um, I would rather it wasn't in a cup final. So um, I'm glad it's Aberdeen. You, you, I mean, you, you want to continue for them not to get to cup finals and stuff like that. You know, it's plus the cups in the bag now. Aberdeen. Ah, yeah, no worries. Don't you worry that. I'm just glad Kieran's not saying that. He, he, how many cup ties did he jinx on the pod? Um, so ten minutes left. So I want to preview the upcoming games. We've got Dundee. So we'll touch on Dundee briefly because this will be going out on Tuesday night, and you know people don't want to mm. listen to this on Thursday if mm. we get beat at Dundee. Um, Dundee, obviously. Jim McIntyre's new manager. Um, Dens Park. It's not the easiest stadium to go to, but Dundee are just so bad. One win this season. Lost seven goals in the first two games of his tenure. Um, would you be expecting a turn up if, if everyone's kind of at the races will be fine? Would you do massive changes? And Cham's likely to miss it because um, he's got a tight hamstring. I would start the team that finished the, the cup game. Right, okay, that's interesting because obviously we've got Hearts on Saturday. Um, Stephen Naismith's injured. Ha ha. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that, he, I mean, that's karma. Is that oh, after the, the game at Tynecastle. Scott Brown and for fucking Johnny Hayes, that is fucking karma. Um, take it. 
big pot a steaming vile individual. Um, but so, but no, I, I would, I would, because I, I think the likes of Sinclair, I think he must be feeling confident now after that that last game. Play him. I think Christie, you'd have to put Christie in. You've got to put Christie yeah. in. Forrest, excellent now. Um, Tam Rogic, obviously. Um, He's the greatest. The only, yeah, he's the greatest. Um, I've, by the way, we didn't, I don't think we really spoke about this, but I thought Ayer and Benkovic looked really yeah. tasty as and, a partnership. And Scott Bean. Now, he was completely... No, 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 put your hands down. Because oh, this is another Lee's, one. Lee's just raised his hands in victory. Put your hands down, son. Right. He was completely untested. I can. I don't think they had... Did they have any shots in target? I mean, anything I that really troubled one, them? I think they like one, but it was simple stuff. What you've got... It's a simple choice between Bain... I mean, Bain's distribution, I think, contributed to how untroubled we were at the back because his distribution is far more accurate than God. Did you see me. the dirty wee dinky done over a boy you're in? Like, oh. It's... But but it's so impressive compared to... Even, I would say, he's commanding in the box. It looks a bit more a bit more confident. Although I don't think Gordon's particularly bad at that. What you don't get, though, is... Which you dismissed last week. You know, he's world-class save. <laughs> and it was like... I, and I don't even think he sold that goal that you were talking about. Anyway, I've been waiting to pull you up for that. But what I'm saying is... Bain does all the things Gordon doesn't do well well. However... He, he, he can't, he can't make, pull he, off a medical he can't saves. make saves like Gordon can. He can't. He, he just can. he just can't. There's few keepers that can. Um, but you do. I suppose you do. But, but what's going to be more important over the course of the season? Well, that's the question. And he needs to be given a run of games, even if to see if he makes mistakes. I mean, I mean, you've got. To, I, I mean, I, I take it we're all in agreement. He's got to play the final if he's played every other stage of the the tournament. Um, we're no Man City. <sighs> play who we want see I mean we're forgetting the St Johnston the last couple of minutes of the St Johnston League Cup game where he came yeah. running out the box and made an absolute dick of it aye because he was bold <laughs> <laughs> yeah also when Craig Dobbin was bold running out of his aye, box he comes out and kicks people but, do you know, but he gets but away with it see if it's any oh. other keeper I mean you anointed Doris de Vries <laughs> get him in the Dutch squad Cheryl, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gordon's got his faults but I, I don't I, listen. I, I, Gordon does have his faults. There's no question, and I find him. I'm, I'm finding him a little bit more frustration as as the games go on. Yeah, right. Yeah. However, there is no question he's a better goalkeeper than Scott Bain overall at this stage in his career. Scott Bain still young, might develop into something very good. I get, I get that, but you, it, and I'm. I'm I, By you, the way, you would, brought this up. I'm not necessarily saying I think Bain should be you know number one, but domestically, when we dominate most games. What is more important to us being able to build from the back and start attacking moves right from a goalkeeper, which Bain gives you because of his distribution, or is it the fact that if the the opposing team get one, two really good chances in the game that the keeper can pull off a miracle save? I, Bain, I, th- Bain's I think domestically, biggest, Bain is Bain's biggest problem enough. is how he deals with shots. He consistently knocks them back into the danger zone. Mm. He consistently knocks them back into the area where the ball's coming from. But he how go- many games has he played in his professional career compared to compared to Craig Gordon? Uh, listen, hey, I'm not. I'm, that's not to say I'm not saying that Scott Bean can't improve. Every player, of course, can improve, improve with coaching and with playing at a higher level and with training with uh, guys at a higher level. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, I would not want to go into a European um, group stage with Scott Bean as my number one. That's just that's just how I feel. Now that's not to say he wouldn't make a good number two, but if Craig Gordon, if, if listen, if you want, if, if if Craig Gordon, because Craig Gordon is getting older, and uh, you know, but do you know what, Craig Gordon, Craig, you just Craig, don't not, like Craig Gordon. No, I don't, right? But do you know the other thing? Craig Gordon has been in goals during all of those scalpings in Europe. No, and Doris, he's done, Doris, Doris Devries was he, in for the Barca. All right, for the Barca one. But, oh, just the one we went lost seven fucking I'm goals. Gordon, and he was delighted about it. The first one. Gordon's been in goals for all the rest. Oh, except Zenit St. Petersburg. Zenit St. Petersburg. He was in goals for the Leipzig game. Did he Did he prevent any goals then? No. Fucking mug. See, the thing about Bain, I'm leaving it at this. Based on what I've seen of him before he was at Celtic, I'm not convinced for the, a lot of the reasons you say. 
is I don't think his shot stopping is particularly good and the way that he, he brings the ball back into play a lot of time. However, he might get a go of it. And we'll Listen, you and he'll all, stand and fall in what he does. You guys are all full bit of big Hollywood saves, but that's that's a that's mugs part. How many times have you seen Gordon have a, a, a relatively easy shot and he goes in the back of the net, he just dives around me, does something he not does ve- something stupid. But you're blinded by the fact that he pulls off the odd miracle. Right. See save. what see what I'd say, right, is you are blinded by hatred. See it seething out. Like you are blinded by your hatred of Craig Gordon. So you, my friend, cannot talk about him justifiably right. because you right. seethe. Um, forget the, forget the, the, the fact they can't actually kick a ball and then he'll, he'll pull off a miracle save every six games. And Brian, oh, Brian Hamill asks, um, is this the first time in a long time that we've had three genuinely good centre-backs in Boyata, Benkovic and Ayer? Chris <coughs> Um... Boyata two of those three were shite not so long ago yeah I mean Benkovic I'm very pleased with I, I think he, he against Hibs he was he, he was he was quite rash he went to ground quite quickly although it didn't matter he never made any mistakes if you will you could see that there's still a wee bit of rawness about him about his age but you can also see he's a proper defender and a, and a really good football player partly you don't want to get too attached to him because he's only in loan um, he might be away in January, as we kind of alluded to last week. So, so, so we've heard. Um, he looks excellent. Ayer, um, I've always been a big fan of. I still think he makes mistakes. He's he's still young, so he's, he's still developing. But even I think you seen on on he on Sunday, he did bringing the ball out of the fence really good. Reduces the pressure on on, on the back four that way. Uh, and and Boyata, I mean. Can I make jump in on one point? See when people talk about Ayer coming out the ball, um, coming out of defence with the ball, and then they kind of allude to the fact that it's almost easy, right? He's just running with the ball, he's coming out of defence. See if you take what he does with the ball coming out of defence and what Jack Henry does with the ball coming out of defence, you can see how difficult it is, and that's Aye. a massive... Po- po- but, um, we, but we spoke about this here, remember, when Alex Lawrence was on the podcast... Ayer was shited at it first. Yeah. And he he was making the same mistakes that Jack Henry's making now. Yeah. In terms of the the final pass being square and his body position being all wrong. And it, he can step out. It's then what he does with it. And Ayer has learned to pick the right pass and do the right thing in that moment to complete <coughs> the whole sequence. Whereas Jack Henry, can't he, do, he just can't do it yet. Maybe it's going to take him longer to learn that. But I thought I absolutely strolled at the weekend. And you would have to say, by that's fit, you would then, I think, despite the fact I would like to see the same team at the weekend, I think ultimately we're going to end up going back to, revert back to a back three and have all three of them play. Which then would mean that Lustig would drop out. When he's hitting form, despite the fact that he's, I he's a bit had a bit of an upturn in form. Who? Lustig. He's coming. He's <laughs> coming. He's. But then it's because of the fact that he's been coming forward, and we've looked more balanced because we have a right back and a left back that are that are pushing forward. It brings so much, so much of a better balance to the to the to the team. And um, we're at our time. Um, normally we would talk about the Hearts game, but essentially, it's. They're, they look gubbed. <laughs> the Naismith's out for six to eight weeks. He needs an operation. Edinburgh Derby tomorrow as well. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Um, it, get the mortgage on Hibs. Is it Easter Road or is it? No, I think it's a Tynecastle. Tynecastle. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean that'll wear them down as well for Saturday as well. Um, just quick prediction for Saturday, Chris. For Saturday, what about Wednesday? What Wednesday and Saturday? What's your predictions? Four 0 and four 0 We're either back in domestically or we're not. And I think we are. Louis Dog? Uh, Wednesday, if we start banning goals, it will be um, <laughs> it'll be a comfortable 5 0. Rams if Gordon, 2 1. <laughs> no, <laughs> it will be again uh, 2 0 Dundee. Um, the weekend hearts, um, yeah, they're going to be depleted off the back of a thumping derby defeat as well. Um, I take Kibbs to win as well. I think it will be 3-0 Celtic. 3-0 Celtic. Um, Eight goals this week. 
None conceded. That's my prediction. I'll go 3 0 at, at, at Dens Park. And I think we actually might do Hearts like 5 4 or 5 0. I think we might absolutely teach them a lesson. Slay them. That's what we'd done when they came back to Celtic Park after we had lost it at Tynecastle. We were 3 0 at half time, weren't we? The winning streak. E- e- Edward. Ebuie uh, was great that day. E- Ebuie, Edward, yeah. uh, and Cham, and uh, all the French chaps were, were terrific. <laughs> Before they all spat the W. <laughs> Uh, Louis McCaffrey it's been a pleasure as always I've loved my time here Chris love your Thank time you. um, Samani great to have you back it's been an absolute pleasure Chris. it's great to see the big man it's great to see him um, see, so, so friendly at the end so you know? friendly Pat Roberts how's he doing in Spain <coughs> he's uh, he's been misunderstood he's uh, been doing a lot of sightseeing he's got a good turn um, sending near bits on uh, birthday messages yeah I mean uh, it's yeah I mean he's he's no Tam Commons but you know he's uh, Pad, Pad, he's he's young, he's young, his young. career's over. He's young. Yeah, he's back in the chat. He'll be in the championship. Just, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to see. I'd love Tam Commons. Um, <laughs> I actually quite like Tam <laughs> Commons myself. Uh, Lou McCaffrey, Chris Amani, I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the Ninety Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. She wanna roll with Jay, chase Gio's away She wanna fight with lame chicks, blow my day She wanna respect the rest, kick me to the curb If she find one strand ahead longer than her She wanna love in the jacuzzi, uh-huh. rub up in the movie uh-huh. Access to the old crib, keys to the new She wanna answer the phone, tattoo her arm That's when I gotta send her back to her mom She call me heartbreaker, when we apart it makes her Want a piece of paper, scribble down I hate ya But she know she love Jay because She love everything Jay say Jay does and uh
Give me 